Hi, welcome to my first episode of Fibro Wise, a, a podcast about all things related to the fibromyalgia experience. This episode is just going to talk about what it, it feels like to be living with fibromyalgia in a world that is kind of normal around you. So I'm just going to start out by talking about some of my experiences recently and go from there. So just for some background information, I've been diagnosed with fibromyalgia since I was 14 years old. I'm 24 years old now, which makes me a decade-long sufferer, if you can actually believe that. And recently I've had a lot of problems with neuropathy. I know that people say that fibromyalgia is not an illness that progresses. And, you know, I would say after 10 years that it is, you know, a true statement, I would say that what has made it progress in terms of making my life harder is that with you know without being able to exercise I used to be a runner and I used to be a very good weight and all those things without being able to exercise and being in so much pain I find that I don't do the activities that I you know love to do such as running and I I find that even as a before I was diagnosed even as a young child I couldn't do activities that everybody else could Um, it was exhausting to me to do things like running up a hill or playing a lot outside. And I realize now that it wasn't me being lazy. It, it really was just the fibromyalgia, whatever it is. So for me, recently, my my problem, I think every couple of years my problem changes. And whereas one year it might be, you know, I might be really dealing with exhaustion. A couple of years later it might be leg pain or, you know, something something else like that. Um, about eight months ago or nine months ago, I had a severe case of neuropathy, and that basically means that your kind of hands and legs start tingling and going numb. And in my case, it was in my hands and legs and my feet, but it was, my feet went completely numb. They were, they were almost as hard as rocks. And it got to the point where I had to use a cane, which was really, really embarrassing for a 24-year-old to have to do, I have to say. So I went to my doctor, of course, and I have just recently joined a new practice on a friend's recommendation. I've been a student for a long time, so now that I'm no longer under student insurance, I went to go search for a real doctor who could help me with my fibromyalgia, and that's been a whole long story in and of itself. And I got to see the the physician assistant. The doctor wasn't available that day, and he said, well, you must either have MS or neuropathy. Now, I was obviously very scared about the prospect of having MS, but at the same time, I was almost relieved at the idea that maybe there was actually something diagnosably wrong with me where it wasn't, here's this basket you know, wastebasket diagnosis, and there's nothing we can do about it, and there's no cure, and you know, you're making it all up. So I went for an MRI, and it turned out that, no, it was not MS. Um, at least they didn't find any kind of indication of that. I tried to make an appointment with a neurologist, but that fell through. I'll definitely have to follow up on that at a later time. And all of my diabetes screenings came back negative. So even though I am overweight and definitely could be potentially at risk for diabetes, which really turned my life around, when I heard that this could be part of, uh, you know, diabetes, I started really concentrating on living a healthier lifestyle with food and things like that. But no, this was not 
related to either of those things. This was just a random part of fibromyalgia. And I think that anyone who has fibromyalgia knows that, you know, one day it could be a symptom that is so random. And sometimes it can be a symptom that is common. Sometimes you can have symptoms, though, that are just scary. As an example, this neuropathy started out when I got out of bed one night to pick up my crying baby. Uh, I was a new mom. He was three months old, and it had been a very traumatic birth. My first one was an emergency C-section where I was actually put under an at general anesthesia. So you can imagine that for somebody with fibromyalgia, for someone without it, it's, that's very traumatic. But with someone for fibromyalgia, the recovery time was almost twice as long as the you know, six to eight week recovery time of most people. So I got up to get him, and he was about three months old, and my husband was laying in bed next to me. I got up out of bed, I stood up, and I fell down completely. This was something that has never happened to me before in my life, and it was very, very scary for me. And the first thing it made me think is, oh my God, I have MS. Because it wasn't, I lost my balance and I fell down, I wasn't dizzy. I had not taken any medication that would have made this happen. My feet just went out from under me, and all of a sudden I was on my feet, and the next thing I was on the ground. So it was really, really scary, and if that's happened to anybody else, you know, I, I definitely feel for you with these strange symptoms like neuropathy that, that seem to mimic something else but really can just be attributed to fibromyalgia. Now, more and more information is coming out that says, you know, fibromyalgia can be related to some kind of neurological disorder. I definitely believe that. Um, there's definitely reports, too, that, or studies that suggest that people with fibromyalgia have type A personalities or maybe even, um, you know, control issues, that kind of thing. I don't know if I believe that as much, even though I would say I'm type A. I don't think that that definition applies to everybody I've met who has had the symptoms of fibromyalgia. And I also don't think that you can categorize a certain personality type as, as being predisposed to certain illnesses only because there's other, you know, factors that go along with that. I know that they say, you know, it takes certain personality and then triggers to, to get fibromyalgia. Maybe that's true, but... In my experience, I've always believed that I was born with it and maybe that symptoms didn't progress or not progress but appear until I was older. Maybe it's a hormonal thing, I don't know. So anyway, I, after almost a week, completely in bed and, you know, off my feet, which was so frustrating with a three-month-old baby, I, I got a cane and that was really, like I said, embarrassing. And what was embarrassing about it is that when I went to the drugstore to look at canes, I think I was getting a medication filled, I was seriously considering buying a wheelchair. And I think that this has been so far the lowest point in my kind of FMS experience in 10 years. And after having my first baby, I was looking at getting a wheelchair. And that whole idea scared me because, not necessarily because of, you know, the idea of how to control a, you know, wheelchair and being in a wheelchair and all of that thing, all of those things, but what really concerned me was kind of society and, and the way that they would think about me. I imagined in my head walking into my doctor's office or rolling into my doctor's office with a wheelchair and having him wonder why I was in a wheelchair because I have no 
disability that would say, you need to be in a wheelchair, and yet I felt, you know, I was healthy, I'm healthy in every other way. I really felt like, God, what I could do just having something to help me get around the house. And so it's been a few months now since that low point in my life. My neuropathy has luckily been relieved quite a bit recently. I've taken steps to, you know, do more exercise around the house and eat healthier foods to try to lose some weight so as not to encourage diabetes. I'm definitely the heaviest I've ever been in my life. And I, I think definitely fibromyalgia contributes to that. But that doesn't mean that I can't do things to contribute to helping myself maintain a healthier lifestyle and and to eat healthier and put healthy things in my body. So I've shopped a lot more for organic foods and I've, you know, taken a lot more time to try to cook. And that isn't always easy. On Thanksgiving, I got up to try to cook a Thanksgiving meal for myself and my family and it wasn't going to happen. I, I was tired. My, my feet were completely useless. And so my husband sat me in a chair and let me direct him to make the meal, which was very, very sweet of him. So it was very daunting for me. And I just want to kind of share that as an experience I had. Unfortunately, my doctors were not very helpful in that regard, except to send me to a specialist. And I haven't followed up on that like I should, and I know that. But I think that sometimes we get to a point, and, and this is definitely something that a lot of people don't understand, partners, spouses, friends, or doctors, where we're tired of seeing specialists. We're tired of, of being brought from one doctor to the next to t be told that nothing is wrong with us. And so sometimes when things happen to me now, even things that are scary, I have a tendency to try to ignore them for as long as possible. My most recent one being a very bad upper respiratory infection. Um, I think many people have this experience that if you have a lot of friends and family who understand that you have fibromyalgia, when you tell them that you're sick, that there's not really a distinction for them between having fibromyalgia and having another illness. So for me, uh, when, I, when I told my family, listen, I have this very bad upper respiratory thing going on, you know, I feel sick, they're kind of like, well, you always feel sick, so what's the difference? And unfortunately, it didn't elicit much, much sympathy. So knowing that it wasn't going to elicit sympathy, I tried my best to push it down and ignore it. And it didn't go away, and it turned into a full-blown infection, um, which included a dose of antibiotics, a round of antibiotics, as well as having to get an inhaler and take this really, really heavy cough suppressant that just, you know, with the medications I'm taking now just makes me completely dizzy and worn out. So I know that it's very hard to have fibromyalgia because sometimes the symptoms are not what we expect. They're not... Even after 10 years of having it, you could get a symptom that surprises you. One recently was a bunch of, for me, was a bunch of migraine headaches. I have the neuropathy. Um, I've had very bad sinus problems, which very much increase the pain that I have in my jaw. So there, and also in my face. And I'm sure that I could go to a billion specialists and get a billion different diagnoses and then take a bunch of medication. But that's not really the way I choose to live my life. I don't want to live my life tied to medications and going to doctor after doctor. I want to be able to live my life, to spend time with my son, to spend time with my husband, to um, do things like what I just did recently, finish a graduate degree, and, and to spend time on my, my work, which is writing. So 
I guess that's all I have to say today. I guess this wasn't really talking about fibromyalgia in society, but hopefully I'll get to that in the next podcast. I just wanted to start something for people out there who have this, as or even if you're somebody who knows someone fi- with fibromyalgia, that it's very hard to go through all these symptoms alone. It's very hard knowing that you've been sick for a long time and then getting sick again with something that you feel may not be related to fibromyalgia and finding very little support. The diagnosis is hard to have because once you do get sick with something else, it's hard to differentiate between the pain of, say, an upper respiratory infection and the pain of fibromyalgia because the two mimic each other. Um, some of the symptoms you get from FMS are, or FM are scary, just downright scary, not being able to move or, or waking up with numb limbs um, or even side effects from the medications you're taking, which could lead to something like neuropathy. It's just downright scary, and it's very isolating when you know that you know, you've already had to put upon people's goodwill with your fibromyalgia symptoms, and now you have something different, and how can they sympathize with that? And, you know, for those of you who are supporters, people with fibromyalgia, we understand that. And it's not always easy for us to come to our loved ones to say, we're hurting more than normal. We, we have another problem that is not just the normal fibromyalgia. So I'd encourage all the supporters out there to keep supporting and, and just listen. Just give a lending ear to that and to say, I'm so sorry you're feeling this way. Is there anything I can do to make you better? And most times there won't be. There won't be anything that you can directly do. But, um, you know, offering to bring dinner or offering to sit down and watch um, one of their favorite movies or to run them a hot bath, you know, that never hurts anybody. So, all right, well, this is uh, Dana for FibroWise, and I'm just putting out my first podcast, so please leave me a comment on iTunes if you have any suggestions or if you have any questions, I'll be happy to answer on my podcast from my own personal experience. So thank you so much for listening, and, and hopefully I'll do this again. Bye.